Welcome to the Drago Podcast, brought to you by the Bitches Who Bark. I'm your host, Sarah Dirks. This podcast is for listeners who are trying to understand and unpack all that is Chris Dirks. In its first season, we'll be featuring many special guests who will be calling in to share stories and insights they've learned over the past 40 years from Dirksy Drago Doodle Diggler Dirks. This podcast would not be made possible without support from our sponsors, the CFA Spousal Support Hotline. I'd also like to give a special shout out to the Diggler Decoder for helping me and Chris's nearest and dearest understand what the hell he's been trying to tell us for the past 40 years. So let's hop on that gravy train with biscuit wheels and get right to it. started in understanding the life that is Chris Dirks in these first 40 years, I think we need to take it back all the way back to where it began. So to help get us started here in episode one, I'm going to have some special callers who knew Chris before he was even a glimmer in his mother's eye. It takes a village, as they like to say, and I think with Chris that rings absolutely true. I've never met anyone And when I say meet anyone, I'm thinking about Chris's mother, whom I think I have figured out. But anyone who had such an amazing network of women. Um, And so I wanted to start there and kind of understanding the years of as Chris came to be. And then as Chris's first few years of his life. So our first caller today is Peg Claghorn. Peg, welcome to the show. Hi, Christopher. It's Peg calling to wish you an incredibly happy birthday. I cannot believe that you are 40 years old. I think it's absolutely hilarious. You don't look 40. You're handsome as ever. You've got that gorgeous face. And you're just so perfect in so many ways that it's hard for me to think of you as being 40. Not that that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. I wanted to talk to you about your mother. When um, she was pregnant with you, and we didn't know she was pregnant with you, um, at our wedding, Peg and John's wedding, which was on May 26th, 1979, and she was my matron of honor. And when I tell you that she looked gorgeous and stunning, there really aren't enough adjectives to describe how incredibly beautiful she looked at our wedding. She was tall. Well, she, of course, was always tall. She was absolutely glowing. Her hair was up so that it gave her profile the kind of visual that everyone could enjoy and see. She was so, just so beautiful. And it was really 
um, that she was pregnant. I think of that as that kind of pregnancy glow that people talk about. Um, We thought something was up because she didn't have anything to drink at our wedding. And she did dance, for sure. Um, But she kind of was a little bit quieter than usual. And uh, she tried her very best to uh, party hard. But we could sort of, we had a feeling that maybe something was up. And sure enough, something was, because seven months later, you were born to the day, I might add. Um, You were the first baby that any of us knew, which, of course, was incredibly special as well. So we got to visit with you a lot as an infant and as a toddler, because, as you know, you lived at 96th at Madison, and we lived at the time at 95th Street between Madison and Fifth. And um, your mom and dad and Peg and John uh, used to go to this restaurant at 97th and Madison. It was called Noodleini's. And it, it, was, it was just one of those neighborhood places, nothing fancy, but the food was great. The drinks were good. And we always just had so much fun just sort of popping in there. Um, The apartment you lived in at 96th and 5th was completely outfitted um, by your mother, but also with help from Laverne Dirks, um, who was uh, a a really very, very good decorator, interior designer. Um, But your room was so sweet. It was so uh, just perfect for a baby. I don't remember all the colors, honey, but it was just so sweet. And just having you in the neighborhood as such a little uh, baby and then a toddler, and we'd go over to the 96th Street Playground uh, on our days off and hang out there with you. It was just such a joy to be part of your your early, early life. Um. We just adored every part of uh, being with you then. And of course, we adore every part of being with you now. So uh, we send giant, giant, giant birthday wishes and lots of love and lots of hugs to you always. Love you, darling. Well, thank you for calling in today, Peg. And now we're going to pass it over to Patty and Fogg, who I think are together on a little road trip somewhere. Patty and Fogg, thanks for calling in. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. This is Patty and Fogg. We just happened to be together this weekend. And uh, so we have so many memories of you and your mom. We know your birthday's coming up. We just thought we'd try to put some thoughts on this little voice recorder and share with you. And uh, first of all, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Christopher. I can't believe you're so old. (laughs) You know, it was 40 years ago, all of us were pregnant. Uh, We have this picture of all of us in Carmel, and there we are with these tummies just begging to be birthed. Uh, Bommy was pregnant, Lise, of course. I was pregnant, and Patty was pregnant. And uh, starting on November 4th, Will was born a 
a month early, and then uh, Jeff was born November tenth. Yes, and everyone popped out, and uh, you concluded the group uh, in December. Uh, wow, forty years ago. So we remember that uh, there was just we thought to each other, what were the odds that we would all be pregnant at the same time? Pretty slim, but we were we were friends and we were doing things together. Partners in crime. Right. Uh, Patty remembers you coming out. Remember in the uh, Chris in the stroller. Not yeah. coming out of your mother. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Not out of your mother. But I remember you coming out to visit our house in Menlo Park and you were in a little stroller and all the little kids I think you were all uh, about a year old and we had that our first real gathering with all the little happened to be all those little boys <laughs> and it was so fun and your mom was bursting with pride oh boy was she in love with you I tell you all of us were but oh wow she just uh, she just thought this is this is the best thing that's ever happened in my life she had quotes that she'd thought of and we could tell already. We already knew who was going to be the tallest of the group. And that was you, with my little Will being the runt. Um, yeah, you were tall and blonde. You were good looking then. From the get-go. From the get-go. Probably measuring in the 99th percentile. And you were such an interesting blend, too, with your looks of the Mann families and, and the, the Dirks. Dirks families. Uh, such a happy, happy boy and oh and I remember Lisa's mom and dad too wow the first grandchild they were so in love too so proud so sweet you know we all had our little personalities and our boys but you I think definitely took the cake for being the the sweetest you were just this gentle soul time passed and hockey got its talons into your life uh, and sort of took over as we remember of course we're on the on the west coast and you're on the east coast coast and we hear about all this but you practiced and you practiced and played and played and played and your mom and your mom drove and drove and drove right and your mom was so proud we would have pictures and patter remembers member of the Brown University. Well, before that, I remember when you all came to San Francisco, and I believe you wanted to go, it was the Grateful Dead, I'm 99% sure, and we had to go find that house in San Francisco and have our picture taken out front, and your mom was so dedicated, and your dad, we had to have you there, because that was important to you, and you were just a teenager at the time. Yeah, great. Okay, back to hockey. So, um, it takes over your life, or is at least a big part of your life, and uh, your mom was so proud that you got into Brown University. She said, she says, I don't like to brag, but... Well, she was very, very modest, but she said you never had to turn in an application. They came to you and wanted you, and boy, that is an accomplishment in the Ivy League that we were all proud of. Yeah, that just doesn't happen. And uh, gosh, I remember at your wedding, before your wedding, all the boy you you wanted everyone to go down and play hockey together. Uh, that was a sight. Still at it. Still at it. Personality-wise, I, when I think of you, I, I think of uh, the the voice of reason. You know, you were always your mom's go-to guy, the person she could confide in, the person she could count on. Uh, just you know mini parenting but also just to be the big brother to the others in the family that was so important she would always call you her rock she said i i couldn't do this without christopher he's just i can always call him he'll always be there for me he's there for everybody 
and his gentle way of taking care of all of us. And she really couldn't have survived without you. And if she were here, I know she'd have, and, and, and getting, she'd be getting ready for your birthday. She'd have some quote ready. There'd be some original piece of art that she would create. Uh, and, you know, another thing to, to go into your trunk, maybe someday or up on, up on the wall, uh, she should just be bursting with pride. She'd have a big smile on her face. I think she'd be hugging you. She probably couldn't help, get her, peel her arms off <laughs> around you, from around you. Uh, you know, it, I, I do wish she were here for you. Uh, and I know she's looking down and wishing she were too. She would be, Christopher, over the moon about who you are and what you've accomplished and the beautiful, beautiful Sarah that you married who's a little bit sassy just like she is or was and uh, she, it would be a great, great day for her and uh, we're all so sad she isn't here but we know she's here just like Fox said and we love you very much and we hope you have a fabulous, fabulous day and an even better year. Yeah, love you, Christopher. So glad we had a chance to to talk to you. And we'll just look forward to years ahead and many visits. Love you. Love you. Patty and Fogg, you two are just the best. Thank you so much for calling in today. And now we're going to pass it over to Kit and with a little message from her and her husband, Art. So Kit, thank you for calling in and being on the podcast. Christopher, happy 40th. It's Kit. I remember, gosh, so long ago, dashing around your house in Greenwich, following you, moving as fast as you can, as you could in your diapers. I feel so lucky that I was able to see you when you were that age. At that time, I was doing a lot of work in New York and you guys were living in old Greenwich. So I was always lucky enough to come over from New York and visit you guys. Um, and then a little too in Colorado as you got closer to the West Coast. But now you've grown into this successful, loving man. Gosh, your mom would have been so proud to see you. And she had such a hand in making you who you are. And she was also one of the lights of my life, as you know. I think she still does have a hand in who you are, but now you're lucky to have Sarah by your side going forward. But gosh, Chris, you've, you've been so lucky to have the most special ladies in your life Lisa, Hillary, Maggie, and Sarah. I hope, as Art does, that your life going forward brings you so much joy and happiness. And I will hope that Art and I will get to see you sooner than later. Uh, lastly, when I just want to tell you, when I think of Lisa, as so many of our friends do, I think of Maggie May by Rod Stewart and how we would all turn up the volume and dance around. Um, if I could be with you guys to celebrate your special occasion, I hope you guys that I could join you guys in dancing and celebrating who you are and your 40th birthday. Happy birthday, Chris. I send you my love as does art. Thank you, Kit. We are so blessed to have you in our life. Oh, and it looks like Peg is calling back in again. Hey, Peg, thanks for calling back. 
Hi, Christopher. It's Peg. I'm leaving you yet another voicemail. I love these voicemails. It's so much fun, especially when I get to wish you a happy birthday. I have another little story to tell you about when you were a little boy. Um, it was January or February of 1981. So you were 13 or 14 months old and your mom gave me a baby shower and I um, had uh, Jake on March 15th of 1981. So she gave me the most beautiful, fancy, fun baby shower ever and um, my mother was there and your grandmother Laverne was there and we just had a wonderful, wonderful time. It was um, when you all were still living at 96th and Madison. And you were so cute. You were this gorgeous blonde toddler and you helped me open every single present. And there were many presents and you just loved the wrapping and you loved the ribbon and you were so sweet and you just helped me open every single one of them. And then when I showed off the presents to all the ladies in the room and we all went, ooh, and ah, you were part of that as well. It was a really special day. Um, your mom, who had a bit of a naughty sense of humor, um, had a cake made for me, and I think you know my maiden name is Jump. And the cake said on it, in front of my mother and in front of Laverne, it said, Peg got jumped. <laughs> so we all giggled at that. Even the uh, grandmothers giggled at that. But in any event, it was an incredibly festive occasion, and you were the center of attention in the most adorable way. Happy, happy birthday. I love you. Hi, Christopher. Peg, we just adore you, and we love these stories, so please keep them coming. And now we're going to pass it to Balmy, who's calling in. And Balmy, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Christopher. Happy 40th birthday. This is Nancy, but your mom always called me Bommy. Lisa and I began our friendship at DU when we were just teenagers, and our friendship continued for almost 50 years. Lisa arrived at DU with her white gloves on, but as time went on, she embraced all aspects of life, loved her friends with all her heart, and lived life always on her own terms. She was always up for something fun and a little bit surprising. When all of the girls were wearing baseball hats, she wore bright bandanas. When black heels were worn by all her friends, she chose chartreuse flats. And when our landlord at DU said she would be over in 15 minutes, Lisa said to me, yikes, we have got to get out of here before she sees this place and finds out there are 11, not six of us living here. And out the back door we went. She was an unbelievably loyal friend, and she was always fun and crazy. She often, though, was a deep thinker 
and showed her beautiful, caring heart. When I was very ill nine years ago and had to be far away from my home for four months, she wrote to me constantly. She never just said, hope you feel better soon. She, in her expressive and quirky way, would say, as this quote exemplifies, Dear Bommie, I wrap my arms around you with love and hope and faith and guts and grit and patience with warmth from the sun and light from the stars and joy and more hope and more faith. Love, Lisa. November 29th, 2010. Her notes were always touching, eloquent, funny, and constantly lifted my spirits. I have saved every one of them, and I cherish them deeply. I think if she were here today to celebrate your 40th birthday, Christopher, she would be so very proud to have you as her son. She would encourage you to live life on your own terms as she did. She would have you embrace it, have fun, love your family, be true to your friends, and enjoy every minute of your life on this planet. Balmy, thank you so much. And now we're going to go over to sunny California. Polly is calling in, and Polly has some fun memories about Lisa when she turned 40. Polly, thanks for being here today. Hi, Christopher. Happy birthday. You know, when your mom was 40, we were all celebrating her birthday up in um, Aspen. I think actually it was Vail. And I have so many memories, but the things that stand out for me, by the way, this is Polly in Sonoma, um, was in 1969, the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid came out, and her, her Lisa's favorite song was um, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. It goes, raindrops are falling on my head, and just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed, nothing seems to fit. Those raindrops are falling on my head. They keep falling. So I just did some, did me some talking to the sun, and I said I didn't like the way he got things done. Sleeping on the job, those raindrops are falling on my head. They keep falling. But there's one thing I know, the blues they send to meet me won't defeat me. It won't be long till happiness steps up to greet me. Raindrops keep falling on my head, but that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Crying's not for me, because I'm never going to stop the rain by complaining, because I'm free. Nothing's worrying me. So those are great lyrics, and she loved that song, and we would sing that song for forever. Um, there was one other thing that um, is always on my desk, and it's a little green box that she painted for me um, as a Christmas gift. And in, on the outside, there's a little girl with a flower. On the inside, it says, Those who bring sunshine to the lives of others cannot keep it from themselves. And she certainly brought a lot of sunshine to me, and hopefully she's taken it with her. Anyway, happy happy birthday, happy 40th birthday. Have a blast, and I hope to see you soon. Love you dearly. Oh, it looks like Peg Claghorn is calling back in. Peg, thanks for calling us back. How are you today? Hi, Christopher. It's Peg. I'm back. I made a mistake in my last voice memo, happy birthday voice memo to you, when I referred to your apartment when you were a baby at uh, 96 and 5th. It was actually at 96 in Madison. 
which made me remember something else. We did party a lot at your apartment. And the reason was because you were a baby and you were there. And why worry about fussing about a babysitter when we just had to walk over and party at your house, which we did. We had dinner all the time there. We had drinks all the time there. And I think you might know the story, but I don't remember if you do, that your father used to put a bucket on a rope and lower it down. I think you lived on the third or fourth floor. Lower it down three or four floors to the store on Madison Avenue where uh, they sold ice cream. And the store owner would put ice cream in the bucket with a bill, and the bucket would then be hauled back up the side of the building by your dad, and we would get the ice cream, and then your dad would lower the bucket again with the money for the store owner. I mean, you just have to think about that a little bit. He was lowering a bucket four floors down on Madison Avenue where the store owner was incredibly accommodating to all of us. Anyway, that's another little tidbit that I thought was pretty funny. And um, your mother was a great cook at an early age so that we were able to enjoy dinner and, as I said, drinks, but dinner and, you know, just have a nice dinner party there all the time. We did that a lot. And that meant we could see more of adorable you. Okay, love you, honey. Bye-bye. Girls, I cannot thank you enough for all joining our podcast today as special guests. And more so, I can't thank you enough for all of your support the past 40 years and the 40 before that of... Um, making Lisa the woman who she came to be and for always being there for Chris and for us. And it's been so incredible having you be a part of our life. So stay tuned as we go into episode two on the Drago podcast and we dive into the early years.